ready for another episode of Wanderings and Wool Gathering? Good. Here's Foggy. Welcome to Wanderings and Wool Gathering, episode 79. Tonight, we welcome back an old friend, Mr. Michael Cerevolo, curator of Beauty and Chaos, former guitarist of Gene Loves Jezebel, guitarist for Human Drama, and president of Schechter Guitars. Michael's fresh off the release of Out of Chaos Comes, the follow-up remix album to The Storm Before the Calm. We're going to talk about this record, whatever's on Michael's mind, and we're going to get to know Mr. Cerevolo a little bit better with some hard-hitting questions. This is Michael's third time on the show, which makes him an honorary member of the show now. So now that you're one of us, Michael, you can expect a bill for your part of the hosting fees, website, and all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah, because we all make money doing music, you know? <laughs> oh. Well, I'm your host, Foggy, and with me as always, JPP and Joe Rife. Greetings. I have you know I bought a Rally's combo meal with my last royalties, so uh, thanks for the reminder. I need to... Whoa. Can see if I can supersize next time. Supersize, you had to say no. <laughs> it's right. And that was the voice of Mr. Saravola. Welcome to the show again. Thank you for having three times. Maybe this is the charm. <laughs> I, I hope so. <laughs> right. You just took the lead. You were tied with uh, Liza McClellan from Dave Quartet, but now you're in first place. All right. At least I'm winning something. <laughs> <laughs> no, really appreciate it. I always have a blast on here. You, you know, nice to talk to people that are actually just music fans in general. Yeah, well, that's yeah. <laughs> pretty much now that we do the show every week. It's kind of inundates your life, and you just listen and look at music differently when you have to talk about it. So I, I kind of enjoy that. Let's get, uh, let's dig in to Out of Chaos Comes. Michael, do you want to lead us into this a little bit? Um, you, you did a, a remix album before with the last one. Why did you decide to do another one? You know, the first one was kind of, uh, I, I probably have told the story probably on here before, but it was sort of by, you know, mistake. I hadn't, didn't plan on it, but after Tim Palmer uh, kind of added some stuff that, kind of broke my rules that I didn't really feel him in. It just kind of happened and, you know, we just kind of recovered and, and kind of did an audible. Uh, this one was planned, you know, I mean, the process of doing Beauty Re-Envision was really, uh, it was it was fun. It was just, it was kind of nice after doing the, the debut record and being so, you know, invested and, you know, admit, you know, easily a thousand hours in the studio pulling that record together to sort of turn the keys over and go, Hey, you know, have at it. And, uh, you know, it just, this one was the out of chaos comes was, was planned. Uh, you know, I honestly didn't know it would pick up that much steam because there were really only six songs to choose from on this. Whereas, uh, you know, finding beauty and chaos had 14, but, uh, you know, maybe that was a, uh, you know, looking for a silver lining in COVID, uh, People are home in their studios and, you know, certainly some people that did remixes on this that are friends like Tyro Bates and Roger O'Donnell from The Cure. If it wasn't during, you know, if we didn't have this COVID thing hanging over our head, probably would have been busy with movies and The Cure album. Uh, but they're both like, yeah, shit, I'll do it. And, uh, you know, it kind of made that possible. Like people were really uh, gung-ho. Uh, delivered stuff quicker than I thought. And it kind of uh, a six song album kind of translated into 
26 27 remixes so it kind of it kind of was a snowball rolling downhill yeah it, i wonder if uh, people being in quarantine just broke out that creativity and that's why you you got so much back um for having only six songs yeah i think there were a couple of songs like stranger for sh- for sure that just uh was so open to interpretation and that that's probably the song that's got probably the most diverse uh you know like when you if you look at the one the uh holy wars crew world remix uh versus uh what bentley jones did i mean it's one's a edm rave and the other's almost a kind of massive attack nine inch nails treatment so of, of the same song they they both got the same they both got cat's vocals in a tempo and kind of you know did their own thing and uh so it got pretty diverse my one of my notes was that the that all of the versions of stranger were really strong but they were all very different and so i'm glad that you said that and i really like the gloss tension mix i thought it had like really cool percussive elements in there and then it threw in the little textural elements with it too yeah um, paul i was drawn to all those yeah, Paul did a fantastic job with that. I mean, I know he really liked the song and he's uh, you know, added some great synthy textures and, you know, every every uh I think everything w- was good. I don't uh, you know, I I don't listen to it now and go, eh, "I don't that should have made it." I'm not really a, a huge remix album fan, you know, you know, which is odd coming from somebody who's kind of now has two, but usually it's just I, I, you know, I buy them, you know, and go and, and kind of give it one listen and go, ah, it was cool, you know, almost listening from a a production standpoint. But I think a lot of times it's just somebody gets the tempo and, and change makes the drum beat a little more dance floor flavored and, and that's it. But I think a lot of these remixes, uh, you know, people, everybody was encouraged and certainly did add their own elements to it i mean there are there are quite a few remixes that are really just the vocals uh from the originals and uh you know everyone added their own parts even like your your co-host here who did a wonderful job on the outside you know but those are the ones that really appeal to me where like sitting back and hearing what someone else did you know go that's kind of cool you know i wish i would have never thought of that or like you know that's that's one of the joys of it to me well, thanks. That was a lot of fun for sure. Yeah, I, I actually, I don't try to compliment Paul if I don't have to, but uh, <laughs> I did. When I listened to it, there was the part where uh, where the dominoes fall and then the music just drops and slows down. I thought that was really clever. And um, I, I you know, if I were doing that, I wouldn't have thought of that. And I thought Paul did an excellent job with that. Yeah, and it's got a very cool uh, little like guitar synthy riff in it that was, is... Uh, Gives it this uh, a, a very different vibe, but still has these like nice dark overtones, like the way the original song was. But I don't think he has very much, if anything, of the original in his remix either, which uh, is probably why I like it so much. Well, I'll surprise you. I've actually got uh, some sn- samples and snippets that I pulled from my remix that I wanted to show you so you could see what those parts were and what they turned into. Uh-huh. Um. But yeah, we can go into that here in a little bit. If, if there's any other thoughts that Joe may have on the on the remix album, or Steve wants to expand on any of the other cuts as well. Uh, well, and it's really kind of a, a fascinating process all the way around. You know, it's just um, to take another artist's work. Paul, do you hear 
in a remix situation, do you hear the first time through what you're going to do? I mean, do you have ideas that start then? Or how many times do you have to listen to really uh, nail down where you're going to go? Well, A, it depends on the song, um, because sometimes there might be, especially a more minimalist tune, there might be just open areas where it's like, oh, I could hear something kind of filling in these gaps and things like that. And I certainly appreciate where it came from from a minimalist standpoint, but I might, if I was jamming and had a room to just play on, this is what I would do. But in a song like this one, the, the challenge for me was, like, there are pieces that I like to... Like my kind of things that are my style that I like to employ, but sometimes I feel like they're a detractor from what the song originally was. And with Ashton's voice, for instance, he has this you know full dark quality that is really kind of hard for what I do to blend with it. So what I did was basically take a lot of what existed in the track as is, and then I mangled it with some sampling technology that has like time stretching and formant filtering so kind of makes things a little more throaty or brighter things like that and i couldn't get away from the drums i thought the drums were fantastic so i actually sampled those and then created my own beats with them and i even took the bass line chopped it up and turned it into its own groove so from there i try to stay away from what the original riff was and turn it into a whole new song where it's still in key in a new groove and just lay it underneath what the voice was and see how that pairs. And then it just kind of unfolded itself from there. The biggest challenge I had was aside from making the opening riff and, and those pieces was that breakdown because I, that tone that he had in the middle of the, at that breakdown point gave me goosebumps originally. So a piece of that had to be there, but it's like, how do I expand on that or what do I do with it? So I really, again, just wanted to play with that drop and the domino samples and then turn it into uh, a little more of an extra punch and a kick. I added some extra stub to it, if you will. And just to kind of make it kind of have a climax with that drop and then to the B section. Cool. Did that, did that answer your question, Joe? <laughs> Very much so, yes. <laughs> yeah, you'll get me nerdy. No, I, I, but I love it, though. I love I love that idea of, mm -hmm. you know, what, what you hear and, and how four guys can do four different remixes of essentially the same song and come up with, you know, four new tunes. So, yeah, it was kind of yeah. interesting when I heard that you did the drop and, uh, you know, the, the stop, because, uh, you know, even uh, Bentley did that, Bentley Jones, who did uh, Stranger, like his EDM thing, did that uh, sort of signature EDM ramp up you know, that goes like double, triple time with the snare and stop and uh, did. And it was, uh, well, he actually did. Uh, yeah, he did the outside, too. That's what I'm referring to. So he he actually mm -hmm. found the stop and he did. And it cut to the part where Ashton does not again uh, <laughs> and jumps in that. But uh, I, I think that song, I mean, I, I think Ashton just was brilliant on it. But uh, those first songs that are on. Uh, uh, the storm before the calm was, you know, when it was originally going to be a a four song EP. I went for that sort of very linear um, type thing where I've always I've referenced like disintegration and pornography and first and last and always where there's not like here's this big chorus, you know. It's like even on the outside, it just kind of sneaks into the chorus as opposed to here's just you know major chord jump and here's the obvious chorus. Uh, which I think lends itself where uh, 
people can add elements and and kind of change the uh, complexion of the song, which I, I think several of the remixes of uh, The Outside, which was probably the second most uh, remixed song on there. And they're all really different also. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was really cool when I heard uh, Kitty Electro's uh, new mix on here as well. Uh, just became a fan on the first album as well. But I thought Stranger was really awesome. And Kitty did another one too, right? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, my mind's a little, yeah, almost pure as yes. well. Which yeah, I was okay. glad. I kind of pushed it. Well, actually, she really liked that song too. Oddly, that was one that uh, I, I was almost worried that no one was gra gravitating towards that, which I was kind of surprised because, again, that, that has that linear pattern and Stephen's uh, vocals are, are really great on it. Uh, mm -hmm. it you know, that's, that's why Roseanne and I jumped on doing a version of that, which uh, I think is probably one of the odder uh versions of of anything on there but uh yeah kitty stuff is minimal but she's she's masterful at that mm -hmm. yeah i was playing the cd for my wife when we were uh on the road a while back actually when, when i got him in the mail and she really liked uh kitty's version of almost pure a lot wow that's good to hear <laughs> yeah i think i like that one better in the remixes than the original which normally does not happen for me so that was kind of cool and uh the outside acoustic version mm -hmm. so good i mean i love it when he strips down and you can just hear the voice it was kind of like his facebook live shows where you just get him and his guitar and it sounds so good i think that just uh, fits in a lot with where he's at right now it, it i mean that version of it seems like it would fit right on his uh his new record waiting for a voice uh it, it in it, it's right in his the wheelhouse the way he played it which i was uh i thought he did a great version because it it's not uh one of those songs that's written as a you know it didn't start on an acoustic guitar it's really based it was based around the bass line to start it in that riff so he found a uh, interesting way to do it as kind of in that singer songwriter sitting around a campfire uh version it's it's it definitely brings an intimacy to it um, just to clarify, when, when these songs were written, you're doing the music and you ask them to do the lyrics. Is that correct? Yes. That's, that's been the, the formula from the beginning. And it, it, it seems to work, uh, this last, uh, the last studio album, the storm before the calm, the one thing that's a little different than, uh, finding beauty and chaos is that I think we sent less dense tracks to the singers where the first record it was you know it was kind of new to me i was about like going i can do this i can make all these textures and everything uh you know and there was more uh melody lines in there which i think sometimes a singer will hear that and then kind of latch on to as for their melody like uh this time uh we sent less to where it was more of an open palette for singers to do and then uh we added more when the tracks came back. So it was kind of, it was a little more, I guess if I was working more closely with the singers, cause we left it, left it more open for them to add their, their stuff. And then kind of, I, I played me and Michael played off of what they sent back, which was definitely different in the first go round. Yeah. Since it's your baby, do you ever get worried when you're waiting on those remixes to come in? And they're changing your stuff. No, uh, 
I, I think because I, I got used to it on the, the first record, you know, that it came back and it was, uh, you know, I think I we send it to people that I think are really talented. Uh, you know, I guess there's always a chance somebody's going to do it. And I'll just go, oh, you know, not my cup. Of tea. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it is 27 is a big listen, you know, and then I think beauty re-envision was 24 so i know that's throwing a lot of tracks out there and it's a lot to digest but i i think you know i think people will with with that big of a listen i i think they'll find their batch of songs you know some of them may like some of it better than the original version you know which is okay a, a good a song is a song and uh i'm i'm really happy i could still listen to it the same way i do our stuff now you know which is um i think why I, I think we were riding and my daughter uh nicole went oh you why are you listening to your own record because i hadn't heard uh <laughs> finding beauty and chaos in a while and we were we were driving and knew it was in los angeles traffic so i knew it was going to be a bit and i put it on and i realized i wasn't tired of it and i think the the what which is different because it, I, I think I listened to it, if this makes sense, differently than I did anything I did with Human Drama or Genius Jezebel. I, I seem to like, you know, maybe you guys, and uh, you know, you, I kind of find myself on that stuff focusing in on my guitar and like wh what I should have did or if it should have been loud or low or panned and all this like kind of production technical stuff. Mm -hmm. But on the, the Beauty and Chaos stuff, I kind of I'm able to kind of step out of being part of it, and it's probably from uh, is due to being a fan of the the actual singer. So I listen to it from that element. You know, it's like I listen to it and go, love Wayne's voice, love Ashton's voice, love you know, love Cat's voice, and it just kind of I'm not I don't I don't drill down and kind of in my my brain hear any of like oh you did a cool part there that was kind of you should have did another take that i just i kind of listen to it like i would anything when you buy a record and i think that i'm, I'm glad about that because I, I don't think i've always had that uh when you i think probably some other people you know when you you make a record you kind of drill into things that the the audience or, or someone else that's not involved doesn't drill down to if that makes sense mm -hmm. yeah and you know to your point on uh sorry almost pure i'm i'm, I'm with it today i promise uh you know when i was choosing a song to remix for that matter that like you're talking about the elements of it i think i was a little intimidated by that one because of how rich and full that was and and um you know, Stephen, uh, his voice is is very good, and that was kind of that deciding factor. Like I said, with Ashton, it's like how do I complement that? And and I still, when I go back and listen to the original release, and I'll listen to see you know, what would I have done if I were to remix them, and and that one I, I can't put my finger on, and that, I think that's just a huge challenge on me, and not not anything to take away from that because of how well stamped that tune was to me. If I make sense. Yeah, I, I think that song has the you know the the keyboard hook in that song, which kind of uh, is like the answer to the vocal. It's I think that was hard to kind of take that out, which is why I think in our remix, the thing Michael and I did. That's one thing I actually started at my little home studio. I was sort of getting back, you know, I my Pro Tools chops have kind of dwindled, you know, which when I have a, like Michael Rose on such a master, and it makes 
you know, not doing the 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 technical and 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 being a a typist, which sometimes be working in Pro Tools or any DAW is you're doing more touching of a keyboard than actually playing. And right. he's so good, so fast that it's just allowed me to kind of focus on the instruments. And uh, you know, I I I know that to start this new record. Uh, that whatever beauty and chaos goes wherever we go next, that I have to start some of the stuff here myself because Michael's locked into doing this ministry record. So right now we don't have like two, three, four days a week, like working in the studio with him. So I'm being that this record was a lot of uh, the remix record was handing over the keys. I'm kind of jonesing into back to writing stuff now. And, uh, you know, so I'm doing that in here. So our version of uh, Almost Pure was me kind of starting in here and, and kind of remedially remedial uh, cutting up little things. And I, I was able to bring in an idea to Rosan and thank God he was able to kind of doctor it up a bit and get get some of my edits correct and everything. But I thought that was actually a, a cool little remix. And I actually mm-hmm. got a, a text, uh, a, a message from Seabold uh last night, you know, going he's listening to it, really enjoyed it. He thought that was actually really cool. Uh he he's moving, so I would have loved to have him do like a take on either that song or something else, because I think Steven's a master mm-hmm. studio, but they're moving uh from like across to a couple a state or two away. So yeah, it just yeah. didn't work out. But definitely. And one piece that I wanted to touch on, I was just kind of curious how how it came about. I mean, I know in your network, the, it was the uh, rapid reiteration mix with Tim Palmer and Cynthia Hussey. I thought that version was very cool as well. And in a way, it kind of reminded me of how uh, on the Depeche Mode tribute album, there was a song called Master and Servant, and they stripped that song down, and it turned into kind of this sultry bossa nova thing. And this just kind of had that whole you know let's flip the switch on this song and and still have that vibe but let's let's make it you know kind of take a different feel at the same time and it was very cool yeah that's probably my favorite uh remix uh i think cynthia did an amazing job and uh she she gets the credit on this one uh i mean i i knew we i wanted to do a stripped down version of that song uh and then i I had heard her, she had did a, a Depeche Mode song. I forget uh, which cover she did, but she also did Every Day is Like Sunday. And mm-hmm. I thought she had a, just a beautiful voice, just her and the uke. So I started going, well, you know, delicate balance. I, I thought it was, uh, it would have been kind of cool to be almost like a duet with her and her husband. With, mm-hmm. with And uh, so I kind of recut the guitars. We, we pulled the, the real heavy stuff out uh, and, and just... We pulled the drums out and Michael did just kind of this little, you know, tiny little hand drum thing with uh, just was going to strip it down and had it with Wayne's original vocals. And I, I reached out to her. I said, hey, would you like to do some vocals on this thinking that maybe she would jump on a couple of lines and and make it almost a, a little bit of a duet. Mm-hmm. And then we would figure it out going, oh, let's have her do a harmony there. Let's have her sing that. And then when it came back. And it was like Wayne's going, "Hey, I'm sending you the stuff. There's 18 tracks of Cynthia." And it's like, "Wow, okay." I had no idea what I was gonna get. And then he just sent me uh, just a, a little two-track mix, and it was gorgeous. I mean, she's got a uh, 
I think a really unique phrasing, and it maybe it's from somebody that's not that hasn't done a ton of singing, uh, and also being Brazilian, she's got just like uh, a very unique phrasing that's kind of almost just it's I find it it's sultry, but it's it's kind of like a little behind the beat and everything that just gives the song like this kind of lilt. And mm-hmm. I, I just thought she did. It was fantastic. Uh, you know, and then Tim, Tim did some really great stuff with it. And it was kind of nice that uh, the way Wayne, like I, we followed what he sent us back on the rough mix uh, of where he snuck his vocal in, uh, you know, it kind of, he held it out to just like at the last line of each chorus and all. And that's really cool. So we just kind of followed that blueprint. And then uh, I had uh, Michael Mowry, who was in human drama with us for quite a while, you know, just he's like a Tony Levin type of bass player. And then I, you know, Nick Johnson, who played the, the lead, the, the, the riff guitar, said, that's so out of my wheelhouse, like that type of playing, but it fits so perfectly. I mean, the guy's so fluid. It's like Gilmore. And uh, yeah, I, I love what we did. I look forward to working with Cynthia on this next record, uh, which the little box that I've given myself is all female singers. So we'll see. Cool. Where that- oh, wow. <laughs> hey, Michael, have you... Um- found that since you started beauty and chaos that you enjoy the production side a little bit more than you did prior to well i'd gotten out i used to really like love that i i you know 10 years ago uh you know i i was producing other bands and i really liked that side of it uh and just kind of stepped away from it and like i said my pro tools ability you know dwindled but then also having somebody like michael that's so good at it and uh i didn't have to uh to do that but i i kind of like i i i like not listening to songs right now for the production you know i kind of like listening to them as songs uh you know i'll maybe the next time we talk after the next record that i think i have to like i said i have to start some stuff in here uh i do love sounds but uh, you know, I defer to Michael uh, Rosan and on where things should actually sit and you know EQs and stuff like that. You know, I'm I'm more about the the sound going down the to to I like to say tape, but to to a hard drive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, I've gotten very into guitar pedals and textures and in weird stuff, uh, which you know, hopefully we'll have some more. Uh, input on this this coming record a little bit more weirdness and nondescript sounds that was one of the coolest things for me was when i got the stems for the outside and i got to hear under the hood how all those tracks built together and particularly hearing your guitar textures with leads and you can hear the the echo and the delay and they kind of swell and that sort of stuff that accentuate parts here and there and it was just like you know that's the stuff that I forget to think about adding in songs. So that really added, I guess, a little extra little notch on my tool belt to consider when I'm putting stuff together now, thanks to, you know, seeing, seeing that. And then, you know, to hear the tracks in their raw nature and to know, you know, Michael worked his magic, Michael Rosan to to put his magic on, you know, building those mixes and just making this, you know, powerhouse piece. And it goes for the rest of the record too. And it's just like, 
gave me uh, a new sense of fascination on what I needed to look at and, and grow my skill set with, essentially. Well, oh, thank you. I, I take that as a big compliment. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think the like simply track count, uh, you know, not songs, but the tracks, the, these uh, songs that are on the storm before the calm have are, are certainly less dense than uh, Finding Beauty and Chaos. I mean, when I was just doing uh, some backup stuff and archiving going, I should have this on multiple places and everything like that. And it's, I mean, that first record had so many different tracks, like things were doubled and tripled and uh, two or three things made one part and everything. And this one, uh, The Storm Before the Calm was definitely less of that you know i almost wanted to try you know in my head i was gonna go hey why don't we go in this and treat this record like like we have a 24 track tape machine like that's that's what you got you know and if you're gonna if you have another part you either gotta pull something else out or put it on the track with something else like you know we used to do in the the old days <laughs> but um, yeah but we we didn't quite go that minimalistic but yeah the there's less, which I think uh, left more space for the singers to do. And I I hope to do more of that as we go into the next record. Maybe, you know, uh, I think somebody asked me, you know, which is hard to answer when they go, what's the new record going to sound like? And it's like, I'm just got like little sketches, but in my head, I think I uh, off the cuff went, uh, cross between Bauhaus and Bjork, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. So, I mean, that's a wide berth, but uh, Rosan's very into the the Bjork Vespertine record. And, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, which he got me listening to more. I had it, but it hadn't put it on in years and started going. We listened to a couple of things in the studio, I guess, since, you know, I was talking about the idea of it being all female singers. And I listened to that record and it's like really hard to zero into where what was the genesis of this song like it certainly it doesn't sound like somebody picked up a guitar and when here's the, this goes a minor to g to e minor you know it's like i don't even know where the some of those songs started from so that that kind of like really uh sparked like you know maybe this time it will start from a, a weird drum groove or or, or texture or uh, i've been getting into uh I actually bought a four-track cassette recorder, like an old Tascam, yep. uh, and have the, uh, been watching like what people do. And I think there's a couple of little bits on this last record, maybe even on the remix, of of putting things on the the cassette and then manipulating it with the speed control on mm -hmm. there and kind of almost playing it. I think there's a part that so I got four tracks of cassette. And each of those parts, I did like an Ebo thing that are supposed to fit within a chord and kind of almost played the, the faders like it was a key. And then all the while having a couple of pedals put into the loop, not to get it's, you know, it's lo-fi, but there's something about it. And, and, and screwing with the, uh, the pitch control gave some stuff a real Mellotron type of uh, sound. And it, it had that inherent like tape warble and stuff so i think i'm gonna try to inject a bit more of the low tech thing or at least something like that a a, a texture or soundscape and there's a couple of uh, i've reached out to a lot of uh 
lady singers for this and you know got some some nice re response to some people that I just think are diverse and different going yes i'm in i want to do it so i think i might throw the i throw some things like that out something really sparse and minimal and and kind of see what i get back from a couple of uh singers and maybe build the music around that and let their vocal part or what this weird sound in makes them do and then so just trying to do something a little bit different you know as, mm -hmm. as we go forward you know i'm sure it'll it will certainly have you know i play guitar a certain way love it or hate it good or bad you know it's going to have that element in it i'm just trying to you know stretch it a little bit mm -hmm. oh there's that balance between being self-aware and evolving and that's that's awesome it's good to for me i i always have to try something new i don't want to i get bored easily for myself that's just what i'm aware of <laughs> and i have to I have to try new things and experiment for sure so uh, we are very excited about how things unfold. And, and you know, once you have your roster and, and you announce things, we'll be keeping an eye out for that for sure. Well, thank you. I, I, I knew we would get to the point uh, that Beauty and Chaos couldn't just be about who's who, you know, like who, who's he gonna, who are you going to get next? How are you going to top that? And it's like, I mean, I, I don't want it to always be like the guest, like here, you know, it's always going to have other, you know, people singing, but, it, and there, there's certainly no disrespect, but, you know, Curse and Seabold and Kat and Rafe aren't, if if you look at it, they're not Robin Zander or any of that. But I mean, the only difference is those other guys had a break. The, I mean, these guys did such a fantastic job. So mm -hmm. I, I guess in my head, I, I've lost... It's not beauty and chaos isn't always going to be who's who on it. You know, certainly if I ask Robert Smith and he says, sure, I got some time now. Yeah, I mean that, but that's not what I, that's not what I'm basing this on. Uh, mm -hmm. So kind of the actual quest of finding just some great singers and lyricists as we move forward. I think we've got whatever our little core big family base is. I think they'll follow what we do. And I think it's actually, you know, I know a lot of the people that are into what we do from the first record really uh, migrated toward loving what Kat did on Stranger. And they're like, you know, I mean, to me, the, the odd song out on that record was Temple of Desire. I think it's gorgeous, but I didn't know if I was going to, if that fit on that record, but I'm so glad I put it. You know, because that that a lot of people go, that's my favorite. And it's way different than I think what we sat down uh, that that record initially was going to be, which was going to be this just dark, uh, you know, do gloom kind of uh, disintegration linear record. And I think Stranger and Temple kind of gave gave some weird uh, some weirdness and, and pulled it uh, in a little different directions. Yeah. So, so for the record, go ahead. Sorry. Go, sorry. Just well, I just one quick follow up on the next record because I know it's, you don't have a lot to say because you're still in the nation stage. But so you've got all females picked out. You've got I got the sound picked out. So at this point, when you're getting ready to ask these folks to sing these songs or, or write these songs, do you give them any input as far as thematics for the lyrics? I mean, the first record, uh, I, I did. It was just. I mean very minor it was a, a two sentence hey this is the 
this is the the name of the album it's finding beauty and chaos here's the album cover it's you know my two daughters in this kind of uh fucked up looking uh you know building and just going in this world of you know of of chaos you know trying to find something beautiful in it and in that it's my daughters and it it was very open and vague and some people took took it literal some people just i mean cuz everybody's got you know everybody's beauty and everybody's chaos is probably different uh but I, I think the thing that attracts me to the singers, like anybody, you know, that I've met or if someone goes, hey, check out this girl. She's in this band. You may I think you'll like her. I, I don't just listen to the voice. I actually kind of listen, look at listen to the lyrics and, and kind of delve down and 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 go, that's really good. You know, because I, I never want anything on the record to be very literal, just, you know, your basic party lyrics. That's that's never been, you know. <laughs> what's attracted me, you know, I mean, they're great songs, but I, I want something that's a little bit deeper. So yeah, if, if, if we, if we pick somebody or we ask them, uh, they have total, they got the, you know, they've, I already feel that they're, they're going to write something gorgeous. Uh, you know, so I, I have no qualms. They, they have lyrical freedom on it. You know, I think I just, you know, Thankfully, nothing's come back political or or anything like that. It's just, you know, it's it's kind of feelings and things that people can relate to or, or delve into. You know, Strange is a really dark song that Kat did lyrically. Uh, but I've had people write me what they think it's about. And it's, it's different. I think those are always the great songs where uh, you can kind of inject yourself like this is what it means to me. And. You know, if I can have a full record of that, I'm, you know, we did something good. Yep. And you've turned us into fans of Holy Wars. I mean, and even these other artists that, that are on this roster too. And we, we had the pleasure of, of chatting with Kat and Nicholas and, and just hearing kind of their nature and how they work and, and write tunes. And I watched the video of Mother Father and lost it. I mean, it just hit, you know, like a, somebody threw a brick in my chest, if you will. And it was, it's very powerful. So the the fact that, you know, these artists that you found, like you said, they may not be people that are, that have had that break that you're talking about, but you see the effort, the hard work and the fact that, you know, they give it 150%, just like, yeah. anybody and they else. Should be. you know, I mean, I think that's one of the things that, you know, from my years of doing this, uh, you, you kind of, you know, you can say you're a fan of somebody and uh, so, you know, uh, but the, really the difference, there are a lot of great songwriters and a lot of great singers and everything. It's, it's, it's kind of the break, you know? So yeah, I think there, you know, I don't put people on a pedestal like maybe I did when you're 17. It's like, Oh, I wish I can be this. And you, you kind of start seeing behind the curtain and there's a lot of talented people, just not a lot of people that get the break. But I think mm -hmm. the one of the beautiful things of this beauty and chaos uh, thing is that it does open itself up that people, you know, that that started following from the beginning, do take that dive and, and look at holy wars and then, you know, maybe discover hate department and go down the alley of what curse has done. And there's some people, you know, that didn't know Ashton prior and are like, holy, you know, I mean, it's the guy between the awakening and his solo stuff has probably 20 records. 
And it's right. like they start taking that. And it, it it works both ways. You know, Ashton's fans and the Awakenings fans and the Mission fans have certainly uh, been fantastic to not, not only myself, but uh, everybody involved in this. So it's, you know, the way things are today, that's that's like a great, you know, a, a way to for people to kind of discover other stuff and it's not a whole lot different than you know when an artist goes hey i'm i was in the stones going i was influenced by chuck berry you know people going oh who's chuck going back and, and kind of looking mm -hmm. at at the back catalogs and i i think that's a, a, something that attracts artists maybe to be involved with beauty and chaos because you know i mean it's we're not selling a lot of records nobody's really putting money in their pocket but that's not what this is about i mean if it was about that you know who would do it at this point you know it's about making something that everybody's proud of and this kind of like family thing uh that that you know this is kind of blossomed into mm -hmm. love it has anything surprised you since you started this whole thing something you didn't think would happen and that you're just pleasantly surprised that happened as a result of starting this you know that just uh, i guess the the reaction and and uh you know the friendships that this is you know i didn't know you guys you know and i mean it just kind of turned into uh something the good side of music it's not the the cutthroat thing of even you know playing live in los angeles when multiple bands on the bill people just the uh, not just like camaraderie you know, it was always everybody tearing down other people's flyers and music. It, it, there's, there's an ugly side of it. And then the business and, you know, when you're trying to do it for the point of, of hanging everything on it, going, this has to work. You know, we spent $10,000 on a record. If we don't sell it, you know, buy, my car is going to get repossessed. And like, you know, it, it music's not, <laughs> once you see behind the curtain, it isn't, sometimes I wish I didn't look. Uh, but this is this has just turned into the 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 good part, you know, the part of it's it's actually making art, you know, and uh, so yeah, that being re uh, having that relit in in me, I think, is uh, surprised me, but it, I'm really blessed that that's happened because I think the first time I was on, maybe I said that, you know, I I do have a a job with Schechter and. It's like sometimes when you sell something, when that's the your uh, means of providing it, you look at it different. And uh, the guitar was becoming a widget to me. It's like I'd look at stuff going, ah, yeah, I wouldn't play that, but the metal kids are gonna love it. And bah, do that, make it black, make it. It, it just became. Uh, I looked at it different. I got very away from being that kid that wanted to be in you know, the spiders from Mars or Slade or Alice Cooper or Aerosmith and then later the dolls and, or the clash. And it's like those things, you know, being kind of having that, that fire. And it just became, I didn't like the guitar anymore. I sold guitars, but I didn't love the guitar anymore. And doing that first record, uh, kickstarted it back. Like, you know, I have, you know, really excited about getting a different instrument or, or tunings and pedals. And it's, I, I love that. It's like, and I think it's making me do my job, my day job better at Schecter because I look at it uh, from 
both sides of the brain, you know, the, the cell part and also the creativity. And, uh, and you know, that, that's been great. I think of, of anything besides the friendships and meeting Ashton and Wayne and uh, Tim Palmer and everything and just getting to spend lots of hours cutting up and laughing with, you know, one of my best friends, Michael Rosan, that's been the, uh, the joy is that I, I I'm kind of, I feel like a, a 17 year old again, sometimes around guitars, which, which is cool. I mean, there's a lot of worse things I, you know, could be a gardener or cutting grass or selling, <laughs> selling used cars or something. <laughs> that's really funny. Cause as you talked, I thought, well, you know, you've got a day job at a guitar company. You're not uh, waiting tables or, or or any of the stereotypical you know musician jobs even a music store uh oh i did that yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't take it for granted you know right i think but a lot of times people will go oh you must have a great job you get to play guitar all day and it's a part of me it just goes really I, I i i'm president of a business in california you know that you have it's regulations it's I mean, yeah. it is a job. There, there are the parts that are non, that are not fun. Uh, you know, being being a boss and having lots of my friends work there and everything. But I wouldn't trade it. It it certainly made the transition from, you know, I've seen guys and, and girls that you know put everything into becoming famous. I mean, that's why most people move to Los Angeles or New York. It's like I'm I'm all in you know here and and when it would doesn't pan out and i've seen guys that have got the major label deal and it does nothing suddenly you're like hey i th I signed my name on this i i thought this was it you know the the mansion and the cars and the girls and and then it becomes you're on the road and you're making five hundred dollars a week and now it's 300 and your a and r guy's going hey guess what you dropped and it's just like that moving from thinking you have it to going, wow, this isn't what, this isn't a dream, uh, is hard. I've seen guys go down some really dark paths when they, they peek behind the curtain and see Oz is not everything. So I'm, I'm certainly blessed that becoming this Schechter thing is certainly it's in the wheelhouse of what I wanted to do. And it's made, you know, I, I have no qualms saying it put me in a position to meet Robin Zander and Simon Gallup and Al Jorgensen, Doug Pinnock, and all these guys that have become friends, you know, and going, hey, Doug, you want to play bass? Yeah, man, I'll be over. You know, I, I, if I didn't do this, I wouldn't have that. Or calling, you know, Zach will probably text me while we're talking, Father Mike, what do you, you know, and, and going, Zach, you want to, would you come play something? Yeah, I'll be there. And it's just like, that. that's, you know, I don't take that for granted, you know, they're, they're friends and uh but i i wouldn't have that if if i didn't have the Schechter job absolutely and you know it's hard work to get there we all start somewhere and uh i've had a similar path but ultimately you know i stayed here in the midwest and uh you know it's funny because it's like for me music is a huge part of me i mean if i don't get to do it i i feel kind of stressed and it's a, it's a release for me. It's kind of like the bowling league on Tuesday nights. So, you know, it's something I go and look forward to do. And it's, it's my, a lot of time I go and I create, I stay up way too late and the next morning. I'm a little spent, but I feel relieved too. You know what I mean? Because it's like, I'm gratified. There's that balance I'm providing for my family. And, you know, I'm, I'm able to do that and still retain my creativity to some fashion. And it's, 
purely self-gratification and that's all that matters for me you know yeah like i said i'm glad that that's that's back uh you know when i when i started the the first record and at some point in 2017 i wasn't doing that it you know i coming home and you know watching tv or you know something like that i started like getting further and further away you know the the random jezebel show and we never really practice and you know it was just like going this it's got to be more than that and whatever whatever the path you know that thing where michael Rosan, you know turned around and said why don't you do your own record you know i still look back at that and going that was kind of a cool cool moment you know that i'm, I'm glad he did that and i'm glad you know it it worked out you know because there is that thing of going yeah i'll do my own record and then having that thing of going okay now you actually have to do it and uh you know it just it 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 started the snowball was rolled quickly you know having xander and uh al jorgensen being the first two people to say yes and come in and actually do it and it just it's 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 been a it's been a great ride and i'm glad it's still still going yeah speaking of it's cool to see that you're still busy you know we're seeing videos come out and you just launched one this past week yes i mean that videos are kind of the face of what we do being that it's not a a typical live band uh so that that's something i i really enjoyed doing uh you know uh i think this is the third one off this record and uh i had the guy frey who actually did this video i'd seen some stuff he did from holy wars and it's way different from vicente who's done most of our videos it's just he's just got a different style just like looking at a different producer and i knew this would be different but i knew it would be perfect for something on this record and being that he had already worked with cat nick uh you know so it was a way different video uh stylistically uh it was way different version of stranger than the original video and i i love the fact you know i really strive to make our videos go as much of a 180 from the predecessor as possible and i think this this is way different than temple of desire which was black and white and kind of a little bit light-hearted kind of behind the scenes and just uh that kind of look to this one being pretty jittery and degenerate degenerated and just uh, uh i think it, it's cool it fits this song absolutely fantastic and uh you know we already have a fourth one planned for for january and uh it'll it'll swing back in a different direction <laughs> how much input are you giving into the videos or are you just kind of like with the other stuff handing off and relying on them being professional and, and seeing your vision no this one uh for the most part I, I i have a lot more input in it than i thought i would uh this this one not so much this i knew phrase uh production style cat had that very cool footage that we had looked at before when we did the original version of stranger which became very soft and dream pop-esque uh and I just we Kat and I both looked at her body bag footage where she's dragging the body bag, uh, you know, in the in the woods up a hill, and she had this great drone footage of it, and it just didn't fit in that video. So it was always sitting in the back of my head. And then when I saw Frey's style with the uh, the effects and the shaking and it kind of more I guess modern or 
90s in a way, 90s modern. It just fit. But for the most part, the other videos, I when I'm working with Vicente, we're we're kind of partners. I'll I'll you know write out what I'm thinking and get props and stuff like that. So it, it's it's really creative part that I really enjoy doing. But the last two, the these two remix ones, Tempo and this, uh, was a lot of handing the keys off, which is okay. Because I didn't want to repeat myself, you know. Uh, I kind of put a lot into what we did for the uh, the, the the remix of uh, a Kind Cruelty. You know, I set up how we were going to do that and a, a lot of that stuff. And we used some of Curse's live footage that he did on his show. And I kind of had the idea and set up uh, where we were shooting it. So it was kind of nice uh, to kind of turn turn this over to Vicente and then to fray on the new one and not going, you know, I, I at least I feel like I know when I've kind of uh, don't have something and not going to repeat myself. So it was kind of nice to kind of be able to step back and for the new one coming out, which I won't say the song yet, I have ex absolutely nothing to do with. We, we, uh, we got a director and it wasn't shot in this country. So I have no idea what it's going to be wow. like other than a couple of stills. And from that, I went and talking to uh, the artist and everything. I'm really confident and looking forward to seeing what they do. Yeah, so it's, I'm saying goodnight to my daughter here real quick. I'll be right back here. Hi. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> um, it's amazing how much content you have put out. Um, we are now, I think, right at about two years since we started the show. And obviously, this is your third time on, but four records, all these videos, you have been super busy. And uh, I know we appreciate it because we've all found that we love Beauty and Chaos. And then we've followed down the line of Ashton and Wayne and everybody. So, uh, I, yeah, I can't believe how, how much content you've put out and good quality content in such a short time. Thank yeah. you. Some, sometimes I don't know if it's, if it's too much, but I, I mean, it's... I, I guess not. I mean, as long as I feel like it's we're doing something that is, I, I guess the the barometer is if I like it, then that's why I'm doing it. And if Michael likes it, you know, uh, I, I think we'll we'll just keep doing it. But but certainly this idea of doing female singers and and finding some people and hopefully maybe uh, taking some some of those artists out of their comfort zone but also maybe uh some of those artists taking us out of our comfort zone uh, is certainly appealing and i think that's that's a, a benefit of the remix record because it, it's work because it's certainly like i mean i found myself on a lot of this besides sending the tracks and that some of it becomes a clerical thing like who played what played you know irsrc codes and all this stuff that you know, a major label would handle that I kind of do, but it, the creative part, it, it certainly gives my brain a bit of a rest on that, which makes it right after both of those remix records, I was ready to start and jump into it. And that's, that's where I'm at right now. You know, it's like, I'm really excited about doing something, you know, jumping into this new thing. Uh, and maybe even doing this a little different, you know, I know I'm, I hate the, the Spotify world and the streaming and, and everything like that. Uh, 
you know, maybe a small part of me starting to go, this is a little bit of a necessary evil. Like I've been, you know, what's your Spotify channel? How many, how many uh, streams do you have? And it's like, I, I don't know. I don't care. But, you know, I think maybe I need to start caring on that. <laughs> stuff. That is the way people um, judge stuff and how things, you know, move forward. So I don't know. There's a, a little part of me that's going maybe as these songs, uh, as we create these new songs that maybe they come out this time as, and it's hard to even spit it out, digital singles, and then do a couple like that. And then maybe those in a, a batch more come out as a, a physical album by the end of next year or something instead of, uh, you know, me beating my head, not against the wall, but against the way people do music nowadays, which is, all based on the streaming and getting it out and and, and that and, and i'm so wrapped up in the physical product like the album and, and getting it done and sent off and all that that maybe maybe this thing moving at least this record maybe a couple of things i i play i guess when i say the game that's not right but maybe the way that most most bands do things now you know maybe we need to try a little of that and get something out sooner. Cause I mean, right now I wouldn't be putting out a new record to the end of 2021. So maybe there's, maybe there's a, a single in February or March just to go here's something new, especially since, you know, we're following up a remix record. I don't know. I'm babbling, but uh, it's something, <laughs> it's something I wrestle with whether that's the, the right uh, way to do it as uh, you know, cause some of these artists that I'm talking to, are younger and they they are in 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 that they can they grew up in the streaming world of of that you know a couple of them never they're like is this going to go on vinyl i've never been on i've never pressed a record you know before and i mean that's not really foreign to a lot of artists nowadays you know which is strange to me but uh probably no stranger to them that we do vinyl and cds yes hey, Paul. yeah no um I was hoping that you would uh, show us some of the stuff that you were uh, teasing us with earlier tonight. Oh yeah, I can certainly do that. And then after that, we can, we can dig into uh, a little tower of strength. Sound good. Oh yeah. Okay. Cool. Awesome. I got a little lag here, so bear with me. So yeah. Uh, the reason I wanted to do this, Michael, because when you emailed me after I sent the mix and you were getting credits lined up, speaking of the, uh, the administrative aspect of it you said okay so you didn't use any of the original tracks and that's okay and so i emailed you back saying no i totally did and this is these are the sounds that i used and this is how they turned out so let me grab my finder window here and i've got the sampler pulled up so what i did is i took the kind of the the, the 12 string sitar kind of sound um can you hear that okay right there Yes. Okay. That movement right there. And I put it through a Roland VP9000, which is a verifrace sampler. And you can tweak the format, speed, pitch, and all sorts of stuff. And you can encode it in various ways so it changes the quality. And then I turned it into this riff here. You know, and I don't have it set the right way right now, but I could, you know, change that. And so it turned into different characteristics. It just takes those strings and just really makes them throaty or nasally, however you want to do it. 
I, pl I played with the time. I played with the pitch a little bit here and there too. So I, when I put it in the mix, it almost made it sound like somebody's playing that on a, a really coarse, heavy guitar and make it sound like it's going an octave higher and they're just jamming along with the track basically. Yeah. I would have, uh, I would have, uh, said that was a guitar. Yeah. Know? Great. Now I, I, a couple of the notes really stick out going, okay. Cause that's really just a, uh, I have a Schecter Corsair 12 and it's, uh, probably just into, uh, um, uh, an even tied H nine with the mm -hmm. shimmer patch, which, uh, much to Michael Rosan's dismay, I put on everything. Like if <laughs> stop with the shimmer. Uh, but yeah, I that that kind of always to me adds this like angelic thing behind it. But yeah, what you did of that, that's nice because that that's a very different take on the riff, but and almost in some ways to me even catchier. Yeah, it was fun, you know, and it was, it was again a way of you know kind of taking what existed and turning it into a new riff and still having some of that timbre quality because that really played to that vibe. Um and then I also, with the bass part, I chopped up the notes and turned those into uh, separate little pieces and was really working on trying to come up with a groove. But then what happened was uh, I accidentally stacked the, the MIDI channels together and started playing the VP9000 riff and the bass line was underneath it. And that created the riff for me. So it just happened as a happy accident. You know, it was the Bob Ross moment, basically. And the bass by itself sounded like this. So you get the the idea there, and then I'll I've no. That's nice. It almost it almost goes dissonant for a second, which adds uh, some darkness. Yeah, yeah, and it's like the it's like the bass player is playing these little nuances with slides and hammer-ons and that type of thing because I wanted to keep things in the quarter note value or eighth note value, and just let you know the cards fall, if you will, not the dominoes, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> from there, uh, I had that vocal melody, or actually, whoops, that's loud. That's actually a small snippet of Ashton singing, and I just put it up an octave higher. So you can kind of hear him in that, uh, I brought it down an octave yeah, you the breath a bit. Yeah. And so I just kind of tweaked it a little bit and turned him into kind of like in the eighties, you know, with new shoes and stuff like that, they would uh, sample vocals and turn them into little melody parts and stuff. So, um, and then again, the drums, I couldn't get away from, I basically just had to keep those going in, in the grand scheme of things. Um, I'm trying to see what else I have sample wise here. Oh yeah. So this is kind of a quick rundown. So the drums, as you can hear, whoops, are in there. And then the, uh, um, I added some cymbals and I put my own little hi-hats in there and stuff as well. And I played with cymbals reversing in and out. And uh, I took the toms and chopped those up and just mapped them in as I saw fit to kind of create fills and really embellished on those as best I could. I'm no drummer, but I tried to make them feel like... Well, sometimes that's the best thing is not play <laughs> traditional drum part, uh, which we, we've talked a bit about this new record of maybe not even doing live drums at least not starting from bringing dirk or, or michael like to play a kit maybe mm -hmm. doing some program stuff and using you know different percussion as opposed to cymbals and then maybe just some stuff overdub but i could um, when you played the bass part i could almost hear my wife going oh bass wannabe meaning me <laughs> just have to play like I, I play with that like i'm using a hammer <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah well, i'm cool. guilty I've too listened, 
I've listened to your, you know, I actually listened to the entire record with with headphones because that's, you know, I love hearing where stuff plays and you know all the little the little textures that you did are certainly not lost on me. It's it's uh, it's produced really well. I mean, it makes cool. all those little things add, you know, mm -hmm. to this type of music. That's what it is. It is that. It is the 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 vibe and what it creates a, a feel or an atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah, and I just I think it's just fascinating too because a when I saw those tracks, it got me a chance to get in everybody's head that was involved with it, and I just kind of wanted to share the same thing too because we all look at ideas and and we are the sum of our own experiences. Not to get all philosophical, but at the end of the day, you know what I did was different than you know what somebody else did and that kind of thing. And it's just really cool to see these exchange of ideas turn into whole new pictures, if you will, pieces. Yeah, I th you have you listened to Roman's remix of the outside? The I think it's called Street Mix. Yes, that's actually really cool. He added; it's almost got a uh, besides having the girl that he was working with, Charlie, add some pretty cool uh, female parts that don't overpower. They're just in there. Uh, it's got kind of a cool like '80s or like Save a Prayer type keyboard that happens at the end. So uh, I there's the outside definitely has some some very different uh remixes but i know uh ashton was really he he really liked what you did on it oh cool that's awesome i i was really nervous to ask him because i almost messaged him uh <laughs> shortly after the release and say hey i'm the one that did that but uh <laughs> and, and well and especially since you're getting the ashton right now who is in sing or songwriter mode you mm -hmm. know i mean he's uh you know i don't think there's very little electric on his new record uh so i think he's in that that headspace so i think most of these uh mixes are, are kind of different than what he's thinking now but you know mm -hmm. i think he, uh he was he was really happy with i think how everything came out on this cool yeah and at the end of it the only last thing i wanted to say was at the end of it i started adding more and more reverb to his voice at the end because i kind of given the state of things with the pandemic i i almost pictured that you know he's longing to get outside but he's getting sucked deeper into the cave and so the reverb just kind of shows how far he's getting you know lost into the into the void you know just to just to play with the the concept essentially yeah i wish we can get you know a uh... I'd love to do a video with him on one of these versions, whether it, it, it can happen right now. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. I, I don't know, but I think the song just yearns for one. I don't know which mix we would use, but may end up being the acoustic version, you know, uh, makes sense. So, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. Absolutely. Well, again, thank you for the opportunity. It was oh, a lot I, of fun. I, and it, uh, I woke up, it, it awakened the beast in me and I've got I, a new project out of it. And I'm, I'm glad. You know, yours, it's, it's kind of seen what you did is actually cool, uh, you know, the way you use some of that stuff. But I, I don't know if you've heard that, like, right after we sent the everything off, uh, Julian, uh, you know, who I had met, I think Mark Thwaite introduced me. I sent a, sent Julian a, uh Instagram message because it was the only way I had to get in touch with him because I, I think he had did a David J remix and I'd, I'd never heard from him. We had never really met. and then. Uh, I'd sent off the, the the CD, the bonus CD and everything. And he writes me going, hey, I'd love to do one. It's like, you know, I didn't want any anybody that feels like doing it. I never want to go, ah, oh, you missed a boat, dude. Uh, so he, 
he turned out he was, I think, from Leeds, so he was a, a big Mission and Sisters fan. So he goes, I'd love to do the Wayne Hussey track. And uh, I was really, it, it excited me when he goes, just send me Wayne's vocal in the in the tempo. So he didn't take any any music. He just had the vocal track and whatever, 124, whatever the BPM of the, the song was. And uh, it's only on the digital version, but I thought he did a really good, uh, you know, change chords under it, made it have an entirely different uh, feel. But so, I mean, I still enjoy, you know, that that's part of that process when you saw, do I, do I enjoy this? It's like going, hey, fantastic. Take, take, take the car for a spin, you know? Mm. Don't, don't don't worry if you done it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Now again, thank you. This was this was fantastic. It was a good way to uh, shake up the off the dust and and pass the time when you're not getting out much and uh, stretch the the mind and and the capabilities for sure. I, I definitely found so some, I, some new voices. When I get an uh, when I get an email from your wife bitching me out because now you're buying all kind of new gear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i'll uh i'll pass that along when, when it's time it's like hey don't talk to me no i'm kidding <laughs> i i have to have this new sampler <laughs> michael said i had to i'm sorry <laughs> it's not your fault paul no never never <laughs> yeah that the uh, shopping list never ends i find myself sitting there now and I, i'm trying to uh you know, because I've got some new stuff that i feel like i know about five percent of so i've made myself going I'm not going to buy anything else or, you know, I'll have somebody going, Hey, you know, you checked out, we'll send you this. And it's just like, I've kind of stopped. I want to stop getting gear until I learn some of the stuff I got because, you know, yep, you don't get much out of it. But I also try to do this thing where I don't, I, I never learn anything inside out because sometimes those, those weird mistakes send you down a path like you said with having the midi channel bring the bass in too and you know mm -hmm. sometimes you know i find that that'll just like something will go into weird self-oscillation and instead of going ah stop it I'll, I'll kick it and record going i can i can use that <laughs> yep yep exactly very good <clears throat> well we've kept you an hour now michael so we have to get you some hard-hitting questions before we let you go so questions forget, are, uh, actually oh, steve um, yeah, go ahead you wanted to touch on tower of strength we'll edit this little oh. out. yeah let's not forget sure. about that um because that, that's something else that's kind of got squeezed in between what's the, the with tower of strength what's what's kind of the backstory of how that unfolded um it is as the pandemic thing like covid really started ramping up and everything you, I, I think you said i i was kind of looking at what you know like here enough just seeing videos of some of the frontline workers and just seeing just how ragged those those people were just putting in the hours and everything and anytime there's some type of tragedy i think if you have an ounce of humanity you start going i'd like to try to do something to help uh so i had this little idea going well i always thought storm had ashton's lyric of there was always a light was just as positive you know no matter what situation it is you know th those that line just seems to be you can interject that and it's just adds this element of positivity. So uh, I asked, I figured, well, let me ask Wayne first and see if he would be on board. Then I can kind of maybe go down my little Rolodex. And when I asked him, he goes, funny, you, you should be saying that because I've, I've been hit up and uh, 
you know, they seem to be playing tower strength in the hospitals in the UK. And at, at, uh, it, it seems like it's become like an unofficial anthem. And in my head, I'm going, well, hell, tower strength is, is certainly going to, you know, more people, you know, going to know that than storm. Uh, but he was very, uh, I think, was concerned with not making this sound self-serving, uh, which I didn't have that when I was saying do storm. But he was like, you know, if it's a mission song, it comes off as that. So he and I kicked around and goes, well, what else do you think we can do? And I think heroes kept coming up. Uh, but when you really delve down in the lyrics, it's a little more, you know, the Berlin Wall. And it, it's it, even though the line, we could be heroes, fit, the rest of the song didn't. And, and I think at the same time, uh, Tim Palmer and a couple of his other his friends were going, you know, you really should think about doing uh, Tower Strength. And I think between all of us and, you know, I, I revisited the lyrics that went to that song. and It was just perfect. You lift me up when I'm on the floors, just. Like, okay, this is the song. And I think a, a joint effort, including his wife, Cynthia, everybody kind of convinced him that no one's going to think that you're using this to tout the mission, you know? Uh, so, I mean, he's got a, a, a bigger Rolodex than I do. So he reached out and, I mean, he says there's a few people that never replied or, or said no. But, I mean, when you go down that list of people, it's like, Almost like I was going through my record collection, you know, I'm having Martin Gore, having Gary Newman, having, I mean, the drum section, Budgie, Lowell Tolhurst and The Cure, and Kevin Haskins from the Bauhaus. I mean, it, I mean, in, in theory, if this would have been the late 80s or early 90s when MTV was still what we want MTV to be or remember it, mm -hmm. this massive this would have been this is we are the world or this is do they know it's christmas uh you know i mean even mid-year ultravox who was part of that of the uh you know live aid with geldorf is on this and you know having julian reagan and uh and stuff like that is just like i'm i'm just like amazed that i'm i'm part of the you know i'm i'm getting to play uh with people that you know are 90 percent of my record collection doing a song that's one of my favorite mission songs uh and the cool thing is every bit's going to charity every we we all talked about it i mean this is done for the right reasons zero ego uh you know, I mean, I love the cult and billy duffy's playing guitar on it you know there's parts i play a guitar and duffy's solos next and richard fortis you know, and, and Robin Fink from Nine Inch Nails. And it's just like, it's so great to be a part of this. But every, everybody involved, I, I don't know how many people are in it. Say if it's 20, every, every you know, and we, it makes a dollar, five cents go to each, the charities that we all nominated, you know, to be part of this. So, I mean, it's it, it's cool. It's, you know, to, to, to see everybody, all those people coming together with, you know, no ego. Uh, or anything involved and one one little uh a cool little side story to that it is the first time that the jezebel brothers michael and jay are on a record together since uh probably kiss a life which was the late 80s you know they've had their ongoing feuds and haven't ever recorded together so i've played with my I, even though i toured with the band with both brothers i i've kind of continued uh, friends with Michael and done a couple of records with him. And uh, at the time that 
COVID hit, the mission war and tour in Europe, and Jay's version of Jezebel was opening. So he's he's friends with with Jay. So we kind of concocted this plan going, well, why don't we get them to be on it? So I asked Michael, he asked Jay. We didn't tell either of them. <laughs> so I had I had Michael in in my in our studio and recorded him. Uh we, we kind of said, have, let's have him sing the, the, the third verse, I think it was. Uh, so Michael sang it. I guess Wayne had Jay sing it, and uh, Jay was still in Europe because he couldn't come back to the States because of the lockdown. Uh, so we got it. Wayne did all the work of getting everything to work. He goes, I, I, it, they don't work together, which I was a little disappointed with because that was kind of, to me, the beauty of Jezebel. But they're right back to back. and. Uh, and then we kind of just went, as it was all done and mixed, I went, we both went, you think we should tell them, you know, before, you know, the last thing you want to do is have somebody like go off the deep end and, you know, spout shit in the press or go, I'm going to hold this up or something. But, you know, to both of their credit, they, they both said, yeah, no problem. I mean, I don't think it'll lead to a, a, an Aston brother reunion, but at least they put their petty bullshit aside and, you know, for, to do something good. And it, it's, it's really cool. You know, uh, I still listen to that. And when Gary Newman sings, it's, you know, it's Gary, like he's got his sound. And then when, when the girls, uh, I think they do the second, uh, second verse or the third verse with Julian Reagan from all about Eve and Rachel from slow dive and an Evie. They just kind of take the melody. It's it's beautiful, and it's just like I'm uh, blessed to be part of it. So, it it's something that if if the listeners here, you know, it's available on the Beauty and Chaos site. Uh, it's vinyl. There's vinyl. There's CD and digital, and on the Mission site. I mean, the the record's gorgeous. It's like this gold vinyl, and there's multiple mixes. Uh, this UK guy, uh, I think he pronounces his name Trent Moeller. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, just did this crazy, uh, really stripped down mix of it that's on there. And uh, it goes in a lot of places. But again, it, it goes, everything goes to charity. So this isn't a song to go grab on Spotify. And, you know, this, you know, you buy the digital version for what you spend to get a cup of coffee at Starbucks. And, you know, so... Mm -hmm. I don't like to get on my soapbox and go buy records because you start sounding like a, a carnival barker. But it's, it's like, you know, you want to do something nice, buy buy this record, tell you buy them for your friends. This is uh this is still going on and all these charities on here could could use the money. And again, this isn't 80s MTV. It's not gonna sell a million, but if we can sell, you know, twenty-five thousand copies of this, it'll make, you know. It'll it'll put some money in some places that really need to be. Yeah, and it looks like there's merch too on the mission site, like shirts and mask bundle and stuff too. So there's a variety of different ways you can you can help. Yeah, it, it's like I said, I'm just you know I'm the kind of nobody on it, but uh, you know I feel like I have a record now that I'm on with you know some crazy great people. You know, <laughs> very cool. Yeah, that's awesome that. You know, you're as successful and as far in your career as you are, and you still get excited about working with people that you admire. Yeah, it's, I mean, and 
it was kind of nice to see the project, you know, the process and, and nobody, no ego. And everybody did this without hearing what the other person did. Like they all sang their parts, you know, and, and Wayne, God bless him, had a lot to filter through, uh, you know, before sending it to Tim Palmer, the mix, like he had to make all those pieces kind of fit with 15 different vocalists or something like that. And, uh, but yeah, it all it all worked. It all worked in the end. Very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll post uh, the websites there and explain um, what they're purchasing and why they should purchase. And hopefully we can help you get some more of those sold. Yeah. And there's a really good uh, Vicente, who my friend who does a lot of the beauty and chaos videos uh, put together with what he had to work with, which was people just sending little bits and still pictures and little a couple you know little short four or five second little clips of themselves put together a really cool little video that you know he pulled some great stock footage and watch it through the end there's this part that this uh kid takes his mask off and he just has this look on his face and it just hits you right in the, the gut it's like it's just it's perfect and uh so yeah very cool video for that sweet okay. yeah for sure Okay. Well, we're going to hit you with some hard questions here just so the folks can get to know a little bit more about you away from music. I would expect nothing but. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. In your free time, if you have any, <laughs> do you prefer books or movies? I guess with my family, I'm going to say movies. I'm not a movie buff, but movies. Gotcha. Gotcha. If you could not be a musician or the president of a guitar company, what would you do? Football player. There we go. <laughs> I think I know the team, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I do, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah we lost. Yeah. <laughs> if someone filmed your life, what would be on your blooper reel? Uh, probably my dogs jumping on me in the morning. My two <laughs> gigantic standard poodles. You know, they're pretty, uh, they're a mm -hmm. family and they're big, giant nutballs. Funny, but yeah. They're kids, yeah. Yep. Does Mr. Cervolo have any pet peeves? Uh, I, Italian temper. <laughs> I'm married to an Italian lady. <laughs> if, I, if I get told, you know, it, if I had a dollar for every time my wife or kids say, why are you yelling? And I'm going, I'm not yelling. I'm Italian. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I talk. <laughs> how I, talk. I guess my pet peeve would be most of my uh, wardrobe is black. Various shades of black. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not gray. That's charcoal. Oh. <laughs> All right, so we're making a movie about you. Who would play you in the movie? Uh, who's going to play me? Uh, let's go with Keanu Reeves. Nope. There you go. <laughs> hey, he's a great guy. Right. Yeah. I've never met him, but uh, several people, you know, Tyler works with him, and it's, it's kind of nice to hear, like, what the positive side. You know, and that guy, you know, it's just like he's never met somebody that is down to earth. And what I read about him with animals and 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 what he stands for, he's, I love people that are not typical Hollywood. So uh, yeah. yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, so are we gonna make this movie? 
<laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm already starting on it. I'm working on it right now. So I'm going <laughs> to call Keanu when we get off of here. <laughs> See what I can do. Um, okay, we're going to finish with a couple of not you topic music. CD, cassette, or vinyl? Vinyl. Lyrics or music, which is more important? Equal. It, they have to be. Best rock and roll band of all time. The Clash. And your final question. You've been in quarantine. I'm sure you listened to a lot of music. Are there any recent releases that you love? The new Psychedelic Furs record is fantastic. All right. Do you guys have any questions to hit him with before I let him go? I was trying to think of one just to be clever from the music industry there's a term i don't you probably heard it too but i was going to say how did how have you ever had namthrax and did you how did you survive it <laughs> that was I, I'm, I'm gonna almost think that namthrax this year was probably covid yeah <laughs> yeah i mean yeah it, it's like when was nam last year was january 20th or something i was sitting in our little meeting space across from a Chinese distributor, you know, right? And mm -hmm. I I don't know. Everybody leaves that. You shake hands. People are breathing. I don't know. I won't go down my views on it. It, it is a uh, a disease or everything. I don't think it's a black plague, but yeah, it, it's nutty. Uh, maybe it makes, maybe it makes Nam uh, more viable next time. The, it gives them a chance to do their reset. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been, you know, a few years and, and I've luckily I avoided it, but I always had friends that when they got back, I didn't see or hear from them for four or five days because they just got super duper sick. And they always called it Namthrax. And I was like, yes, yeah, between that and also just talking, you know, mm -hmm. 10 hours a day over some din of some noise. So you end up even being Italian when you're not yelling, you're talking you know, 15% louder than you normally talk, and it, it does wear. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, is there anything that you're looking forward to in 2021? Um, I know you're writing music, but um, any any other goals, quests, and the like? You know, I before this happened, I started looking at the idea. I always get asked, will this ever happen live? And honestly, that started thinking about the who, when, where, and how of that. And then that just got shelved right as I started thinking about it. So I I I hope this doesn't end before you know this goes on stage. Cause I, I am missing playing, you know? Uh maybe maybe I'll do they'll they'll have the Lost 80s tour and I'll join Michael again and with Tish back in the band and we'll play I miss playing live but yeah I hope before I live from pass, updates available <laughs> sorry about that <laughs> before beauty and chaos hangs up the cleats uh I I hope that it it has a chance to to be on stage uh cuz I think there would be a challenge to figure out how to do this uh you know, with a mixture of tracks. And like I said, it's, it has to be, as, as, as this broadens, it gives us more singers uh, to, to have, which gives more of a chance that I can get eight or 10 together to do, do something or multiple things, as opposed to the first record that was, 
I would almost have to get all of them to make to do those songs. But now as there become more records and stuff and more singers, uh, it's 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 getting more possible. So that's that's my wish. Twenty twenty one or early twenty twenty two live chaos. Yes, we'll be there. Joe, do you have anything? No, I I did want to say about these questions though that I was so impressed at the quickness with which he he no no hedging no equivocation, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> especially in the greatest rock and roll band. I was a little thinking, yeah the only but, band but... that matters. Just <laughs> I I could have said Bowie, T Rex, Slade, Alice Cooper, but the class something I don't know. Maybe it's there. The only band that matters just is etched in my brain. You know, there was just something about how that band kicked music in the ass. And it opened me up to some different styles. You know, they have a punk, a three chord punk rock band, you know, doing reggae and doing dub and doing, uh, you know, there's something that's just great, you know, and show, London Collins, probably one, one of the best, if not the best record ever. You know, it's up there with Disintegration and uh, Ziggy Stardust to me. Uh, but shows you don't have to be fantastic. You just have to be passionate. You don't have to be, when I say fantastic, you don't have to be crazy talented. You just have to have passion and fire. And that, that band spit it, you know? Yep, for sure. Okay, so if people want to check you out, Michael, where would they need to go on social media and the internet? Uh, that would be dot. No, wait. <laughs> <laughs> not yet, uh, not yet, Mike. Nice. Uh, just beautyinchaosmusic.com uh, is the uh, the website, and that leads to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You know, my daughters are pushing me to do TikTok. <laughs> like uh-huh. I like I want another <laughs> platform to do. Uh, but my daughter is actually become quite the TikTok. Uh, she's got like two million followers on it. She does this cool Miss Connie, and uh, it's nuts. She's has more like a, 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 a million fold more people that follow her than us. But yeah, so yeah, it's Beauty and Chaos music. It's got it links to everything. I'm I'm active on it. I do a blog every Saturday, which is just me kind of showing myself that I've done something during the week outside of working and. Uh, yeah, that that's where we as it's a different different time in music, but you know, if people want to write, I I answer messages. I, you know, happy to talk to people about songs and anything and look forward to that. Very Excellent. cool. One last question for me. Um I know all of the remixes are available digitally off your website. Do you still have any of the limited edition 2 CD sets left or are people bone dry on that one? No, I think there's a couple left, you know, okay. um, mm-hmm. still on that. And uh, just, you know, I know I'm, like I said, I'm anti-Spotify. I, 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 I do have it. My, my sort of agreement that, that I have with the label is that we hold it 60 days after the release to try to get whoever's going to buy the physical copy to do it. But at the end of the year, all of it will be up on Spotify. So, you know, which... I mean, on a remix record, I think everybody that put their time and effort into doing it deserves to have it up and available and to be able to use to go, you know, to lead them to doing more remixes and stuff. So yeah, it'll it'll be up on that. But there's uh and we're doing sort of a twelve days of Christmas sale, you know, which again I don't want to sound like a yard barker, 
uh, <laughs> you know, but yeah, it's it, it's there. You know, physical music is the way to listen. You know, that's why I jumped at vinyl so quick. It's it just sounds. You know, I still put it on and go. This is what it's supposed to sound like. But absolutely, I'm, I'm old. <laughs> well, I've got my copies here on the ready for sure, and and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be. Uh, pushing it out there you know not from my standpoint but just because i want people to hear this and i have friends that are also always hungry for something new well thank you very much and i appreciate you guys always taking the time and you know to talk and also bring in a couple of people that have been involved with us on the show you know not lost on me oh we love it we love it and also let's not forget to mention the tower of strength charity project um, we'll put links up so people can go check that out and maybe make a purchase. I know I'll be purchasing one this evening. And uh, go ahead. Great stocking stuffers. And for a good <laughs> <laughs> um, L. Ray, where can we find you on the internet? L. Ray 4 is my Instagram handle. So come say hello. JPP. You can find me at the Facebook page, Wanderings and Wool Gathering. You can also find me on Instagram under two accounts now, just plain Paul, all one word, and at the Phoenix Supernova. That is starting to ramp up a little bit, posting some tunes and content, and really super inspired to write new music. So please come by and let me know if you love it, hate it, whatever the case may be. I'm still going to do it, so I'm having fun. I think there needs to be some Phoenix Supernova merch. Yes. Yes, working on that. In fact, where did it go? I feel like where's my... Where's my uh, space balls and merchandising? I have a keychain around here somewhere, but yeah, I'm working on that. Yeah, and Michael, if you come on one more time, you're going to get a Wanderings and Wool Gathering T-shirt. So it's kind of like getting that jacket on Saturday Night Live when you're on Five Nine. I'm going to rush this record out then. <laughs> totally worth it. And uh, I am Foggy Spal. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Foggy Spal, and you can find Wanderings and Wool Gathering on soundcloud stitcher apple spotify michael's favorite and uh Castbox. and i think that's going to do it for this week thank you again so much mr cerebolo for coming on and uh sharing all of your insight we definitely appreciate it thank you guys i really appreciate it awesome well Love until you. next week we'll see you on the internet bye now mm -hmm.